You are tuned in to CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. It's Punch Radio. And in studio today, we have Brennan and Dave and Jody. And we will hear from Hank and Craig in a little bit. They're quite gossipy today. A lot of like just chit chat, but that's okay. They're going to talk about some documentaries and some other stuff too. And we have a lot to talk about in the comics world. Some big releases came out this week. And there's also um, a really neat opportunity for creators, artists, writers that Mad Cave Studio is sponsoring. That's right. The deadline for the 2022 talent search is just about up. So Brennan, tell us about what you would need to do to be part of this. Okay, so this is through Mad Cave Studios, and this is Mad Cave's fifth year of doing their their annual talent. So every year they look for uh, a writer and an artist to be part of the Mad Cave roster. So for example, they have books like uh, Nottingham, which I read for the first time during Free Comic Book Day. They have Over the Rope, which is a wrestling comic, which is great because we need more wrestling comics in the world. Things like Savage Bastards, which is a Western. Uh, Terminal Punks, They Fell from the Sky, like a whole different, ver- like lots of different titles that are very diverse. So the idea is you can submit a story and um, have a chance for it to be published by Mad Cave. This year is slightly different as they are opening submissions for colorists as well as letterers. So for the first time, they're opening up the entire roster. So they're looking for two writers, two illustrators, two colorists, and two letters to work on an upcoming project. So what you need to do, uh, you have to specify, sorry, need to create a script or an example of your work, um, at least five pages that takes place in the Mad Cave universe. So they don't want an original product right now. They want to see what you can do with the characters that they've created. Now, if you're chosen as one of the winners for an upcoming book, it doesn't mean it'll be a current Mad Cave book. You might have a chance to create your own. They might give you some direction, but they want to use their characters as a way to see what you can do. Each character creator can have one submission, but keep in mind it may or may not be for their universe. Um, the contest began on May 1st, and it runs until July 1st, and each entry will be considered by every member of the editorial Mad Cave Studios. Now, the reason I'm remembering is because I was going to do this way back in May, and I suddenly realized it's the middle of June, so I better get on it. Good thing I am a deadline worker, okay? Um, The winners will be announced July 21st. So it's actually a fairly quick turnaround. And if you don't win, that's okay. They said resubmit. So if you go to madcavestudios.com, that's madcavestudios.com, you can do slash talent search. Or if you just click on their site, you'll actually find under their what we do, the talent search uh, link, okay? Uh, You get one entry, has to go through Mad, uh, Mad Cave Studios. Um, they tell you all the submissions for what, what they want. So for example, if you're a writer, they wanted a Microsoft Word or a PDF, at least five comic strip pages set in any Mad Cave universe. And again, uh, there is a submission form you fill out, name, address, that kind of fun stuff. Uh, artists, same thing, JPEG or PDF of pages. They want at least three pages of sequential art set in a Mad Cave universe. Same thing, scroll down, fill the form. Uh, colorist, JPEG, PDF, three pages of inks, um, and if you're a letterer, um, same thing, JPEG, PDF, and three pages of colors and the script, okay? There is an entire submission form, email, name, that kind of fun stuff, a bit of a bio, how, you know, are you over 18? Did you read the submission agreement and all that kind of fun stuff? It's a really, really cool program. I think it's great that a studio that actually has distribution um, is doing this. One of the most recognized names 
um, I believe it was last year, that um, One Bad Sun vocalist, Shane Vaughn, released a comic through Mad Cave. He was actually the winner of this contest. And apparently his book, Shiver, at the time it came out, was one of the best, if not the best-selling title through Mad Cave at that time. So, um, and if you look at the, at the diversity of the people being chosen, they're doing a really good job of representing different titles, different artists, different creators. Um, it's a really cool, neat studio and a really great way to start getting your work out there. So if you've ever thought about having your work published, and I'm sure if you listen to the show, you probably have, this is the time you have a direct entry right to the studio where you don't need to, you know, do the, the Todd McFarlane thin send off whatever it was, 102 pages of stuff to all these people before he finally got accepted. So uh, check it out. It looks quite easy, simple form to fill out. Um, but July 1st is the deadline. So by the time you listen to this, you have a couple of weeks to um, sit in front of your computer and do some writing. But uh, definitely check it out. Oh, and if you go to the website, they have free first issues of a lot of their comics. So you can actually read an entire first issue and get a feel of the characters and the universe and what it's like to help you on your way. I, thank you for that, because I was going to say, well, what if you're not familiar with Mad Cave Studios and all the characters? Like, where do you find out? Where do you, if you're an artist and you want to draw these characters, you got to see them, right? So obviously they have set the table for you with some free issues. So that is, yeah. uh, even if you're not going to do the contest, it'd be cool to go and like read some of their stuff. So I probably will do that. Awesome. Good tip. So till July 1st. Yeah, and they have about 24 free comics that you can take a look at. So it really gives you a good, a good selection of what they have there. Sweet. Okay. Well, that's that's excellent. All right. We're going to throw things over to Hank and Craig right now. And they are going to talk about some documentaries. And there's rumors about the new Joker that's maybe coming out. And it's maybe going to be a musical. I don't know. It sounds messy to me. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about some comics. And Brennan, we have a brand new wrestling comic that we are going to talk about. So you might want to put this on your poll list going forward. A bunch of stuff just came out from Image. We also have uh, the new book from Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino came out this week, The Bone Orchard Mythos, The Passageway. So we're going to give a review of that. And with time permits, we have some other comics that we've all read that we will talk about as well. So take it away, fellas. Hey, everybody. It's Craig Siliphant on Punch Radio right here on CFCR 90.5 FM community radio, 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 radio. 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 Uh, I'm joined by my good friend and Echo Hank Cruz. Hank, Hank Cruz, Cruz, Cruz. I like Cruz. it. <laughs> No, actually, uh, say you don't because uh, cruises are not good, okay? Because they, uh, like, the food safety there is, like, non-existent because they don't have to follow all these weird rules that we have about, so you're going to get sick. Don't go on a cruise. They're in okay? international waters. You know, I've actually read a couple of funny pieces. There was a David Foster Wallace piece about going on a cruise that was, like, uh, really funny. And then there was a piece by John Ronson, the uh, journalist. He wrote, like, The Men Who Stare at Goats and stuff, but he's a brilliant journalist. And it's, like, people can, like, people go missing on these cruises. They slip off the side, and nobody knows and nobody cares because you're in international water. So they get back to port, and you've got a family going, where's my daughter? And they're mm -hmm. just like, well, I don't know. Like, yeah. and that's the end of it, basically. Like, there's nothing really they... They can they can't really investigate it well and stuff. So I'm suspect as my Don't son go on a cruise, okay? plays Among Us. Well, he doesn't really play it, but he's obsessed with Among Us. Would say that's <laughs> sus. 
<laughs> uh, he's into that huh yeah I well gotta, he's not gotta... allowed to play it because i was reading stuff about like that it, like all the online uh, interactions mm-hmm. uh and it just i feel like i i he's just he's only eight years old so i don't i don't really want him like you know talking to a bunch of weirdos online so no. uh but he's obsessed with it regardless you know uh what uh, castle uh, my son is obsessed with right now is watching people play minecraft so right. not actually playing it he just watches all these videos about what other people are doing. I'm like, oh, well, that's really cool. So you can get ideas of what you want to do. And he's giving me the look like, what do you mean? I'm just watching this because it's cool. I'm like, okay, uh, I guess that's what a lot of people do now. They just watch videos of other people playing games. But yeah, my son does that too. He just watches hours on end of other people playing video games. I mean, he plays games himself, but he, he does that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. I, I don't get it, man. Generational change. Yeah. Weird, weird. Ooh, man. Speaking of change. Um, did you hear the news that they want to go and do uh, the second Joker movie as a musical? I did hear that. And in fact, have a press release in my hands. Oh. Uh, in fact, Lady Gaga, the pop Gaga. star and Gaga. actress, I guess, is in early negotiations to join the movie, which is called Joker Folly Adieu, as Joker's partner in madness, Harley Quinn, for what would be not only a sequel to Todd Phillips' 2019 blockbuster, but a musical sequel, uh, which could be the most interesting idea ever or the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Ooh, uh, ooh I go out. with that one. I go with the dumbest one. I I, I pick dumbest. I'm going to have to go with dumbest, too. I mean, I'm not traditionally a big fan of most musicals. There's a couple I like. but uh, And, I mean, I had problems with Joker in the first place. I don't remember where you sat on it, but it was like, uh you know it was fine but it was like all these people were hailing it like the second coming of jesus in cinema or something and it was basically a ripoff of like king of comedy and taxi driver yeah. uh you know with kind of throwing a joker character in there so uh so you know, it was, was, uh, was like, 100 taxi driver uh, you know what i love taxi driver that's yes. a great movie yeah it was like people who had never seen a lot of movies before thought it was the greatest movie of all time. But it was like, well, no, it's like it's a heavy ripoff of a couple of really great movies by Martin Scorsese. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, we'll see where that goes. But I, I don't know, man. I don't like are you I mean, I'm sure we're suckers. So we'll go see it in the theater. Oh, we have to what. see it. But I still don't. Uh, I think that must be what they're going for, that it's like, well, if we do this everybody's going to go see it to find out how dumb it is right yeah. <laughs> and we're still going to make all our money and you never know it may be just the weirdest coolest thing that we're like oh wow we were wrong like i yeah. but of course we'll see it but i'm like i don't know how you pitch that movie you're like sitting in the room and you're like you know what you know the, the joker it did really well and we got the joaquin and the award buzz and all that why don't we turn it into a musical well you know that's what makes the money uh, it grossed a billion dollars worldwide so i think they're basically just like you know once you do that like Todd Phillips is the director they're probably just like all right do whatever you want uh and hoping he'll recreate that but so anyway we'll see where that's going but what uh I know you've been watching some stuff this week what have you been watching oh um so I watched uh the uh documentary miniseries on a Netflix uh, keep sweet pray and obey about the rise of Warren Jeffs and the fundamentalist church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um it is creepy. Uh, it's four episodes. It should have been about five. Um, so the the ending is just kind of like because if you don't know the story, um, he ends up taking over the fundamentalist uh, part of the church, uh, and he goes like full fundamentalist on this, and it's like hundred percent cult, and he ends up um, 
basically uh, it involves a lot of um, exploitation of young uh, uh, children uh, to older men. And it's like, like, like child abuse, mental abuse, like the whole thing. It's all about, you know, him taking power and they believe he's like, it's, it's the creepiest thing ever. But the worst part is like at the end, um, it's well known, like he ends up going to jail. He's in jail. I doubt he'll ever get out, but he's still basically controlling the church from jail. Right. And people are still in it to win it with this guy and there's they can't shut it down and i wish they would have done one more episode at the end because it's okay he's in jail and oh and by the way uh things are still happening today and you're like let's do one more episode to talk about okay well now that he's in jail why does this continue to happen and why they can't like shut it down it is just wah and then i watched another documentary on netflix called uh the meltdown three mile island Right. about the nuclear disaster in 1979 well before chernobyl and this is in the united states um this one fascinating again where you find out just like chernobyl uh, meltdown uh radiation uh we should cover that up because well we don't want to lose money <laughs> and so the government goes and covers this whole thing up and now with all the uh, information that's out there it is just unbelievable but uh, i did uh, like the part in the end where they had gone and had all of these nuclear reactors in the states and then after uh this happened the two that were kind of uh, in the process of getting approved um never got approved and now many of them have been shut down or are being shut down uh, but that's 1979 and they're still like oh maybe we should shut this down because it's not safe really really omg yeah, there's a couple of good uh, movies from the uh, 70s uh, not necessarily about three mile island but about that like just that whole you know news story basically um one was called the china syndrome well the uh the china syndrome they talk about in the documentary because right. a lot of people went to see it and then all of a sudden we're like is that's what's happening here and the government's like no you're fine it's yeah. send your kids to school it's not a big deal yeah there's a little radiation in the air but it's fine you're like okay yeah yeah it was released 12 days before the three mile island uh incident which kind of gave the film's, you know, subject matter unexpected uh, prescience at the time. So, uh, and probably helped that movie, but it had Jane Fonda, Jack Lemmon, uh, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, and, yeah. And even Wilford Brimley was in there. Uh, and then there's another one called Silkwood with Meryl Streep that's good. It's not about Three Mile Island, but it's kind of a similar... Uh, you uh, do that Wilford Brimley uh, impression again? That was pretty good. That was spot on. I, I felt like when I go, you you don't get old and you don't <laughs> die and you just eat your muslicks and sit in this pool. Yeah, uh, it's not it's a very good cool. Wilford Brimley impression. But uh, anything wow. else you've seen? Oh, and uh, a quick uh, quick shout out for Under the Banner of Heaven, which right. is showing up on Disney Plus, but it's through Stars because it is uh, definitely just for adults. Uh, also, kind of focusing around uh, the uh, Latter Day Saints, um, not the fundamentalist part, but uh, uh, Garfield, Andrew Garfield, uh, stars in it, and uh, huge. Uh, murder happens in the beginning, which is incredibly upsetting, um, which sets the tone for the whole. There's two episodes out now, but now it's uh, kind of because he is in the LDS and the person that uh, the people that have been killed and some of the suspects are part of LDS. He is battling with his, uh, I guess, his beliefs, as well as being a detective to try to put these people in jail. But uh, so far, uh, intriguing, but uh, very... Uh, um, 
the brutal um the murder there so i haven't like, watched what? it yet but i've heard uh super good things about it so uh, far, good so. so far uh i checked out pachenko too but i've only watched one episode so maybe i'll save that for another week until i get a few more episodes under my belt to give everybody a better sense of what it is and i think that's uh all the time you and i have for today so let's throw back to the rest of the punch crew and see what they've got going on Okay, so first of all, I want to get the Jeff Lemire book out of the way. Um, so Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino have been working together for a while. They did Gideon Falls together. They're a good pairing. So now they've got this whole other universe that they're building. It's called the Bone Orchard Mythos. And there was a teaser for Free Comic Book Day that came out. And then this is the first book. So it's a graphic novel. It came out on Wednesday. It's called Passageway. And it's about this geologist who goes out to this like lighthouse and there's a giant hole in it and it's weird. And he's having like weird hallucinations about his mother who died and stuff. So it's kind of, it raises more questions than I think that it gives answers to. The idea behind this world building that they're doing is that they're apparently going to be doing a bunch of standalone issues that will all reflect on one another and build this world. But uh, this, I didn't love it. And I usually love Jeff Lemire, but this left me really wanting more. Yeah, we wanna like this comic, but I, we, we wanna love it, but I don't, I don't think we actually love it. I don't love it. Maybe It's, it's taken a really big swing. So maybe some of these other connected worlds and stuff will, uh, will make it, you know, a lot cooler than just this single issue. But yeah, they're taking a big swing here. Yeah, so, okay. We'll hope for better down the road. It has coloring by Dave Stewart and he is awesome. So, but, you know, if, if you're a fan of any of these people, you should pick it up. Maybe I would have liked it more if I didn't read it right after reading Do a Power Bomb. Do a Power Bomb. So Do a Power Bomb is the new wrestling comic from Image. It is written by Daniel uh, Warren Johnson and art by Mike Spicer. Daniel Warren Johnson did Murder Falcon and he also did Wonder Woman Dead Earth. So you kind of have an idea of what you're in for with this guy. Uh, Murder Falcon was great uh, about a, a superhero guy who fights with his guitar. So it's a little bit wacky, a little bit wonky, a little bit pop culture-y, really colorful and splattery is about it best as I can describe his work. So Do a Powerbomb is about a emerging young wrestler who is inhibited by the legacy of her mother, who was a wrestler who- Some stuff happens. Some stuff happens. So it is not just a straightforward, crazy intergenerational wrestling story though. It seems to have a little bit of necromancy and maybe some supernatural stuff happening into it as well. So I am excited to see where this goes because I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. I just thought it looked like it was obviously drawn by somebody who loves comics. There's like not a wasted square inch anywhere in this little book. And it's it's just all dedicated to storytelling and making do a power bomb a really fun ride, even though it's about a pretty, a couple of pretty dark subjects. Yeah. Necromancy and sort of the underbelly of the professional wrestling world. True. And I really like Mike Spicer's style. Sometimes in comics, it's hard to tell what's happening in a fight. Oh, like, not in this one. But not in this <laughs> one. Like you see where every foot and every 
fist is landed, you see the solar plex just shuddering in pain. It's it's awesome. It's yeah, it's very dynamic, and I'm I'm super looking forward to more. We will keep reading. We will keep powerful. reading, and we will update you as it goes forward. Image also put out Seven Sons Part One this week as well. This one is written by Robert Wyndham and Kelvin Mao, and it is art by Jay Lee. And normally I really like Jay Lee's art, but this one, I, you know, I didn't love it. Um, this one has a feel of like Yodorowsky kind of in Cal big world. It's religious, basically. It's like, hey, everybody, today's the day that, you know, the, that the new Messiah gets crowned and he had brothers, but they've mysteriously all been murdered. And anyway, I don't know. It seems a bit ambitious. I'll probably read issue number two, but I don't know. Didn't love it. Didn't move me. We also read Sham Comics. This was a couple of weeks ago, oh, and we didn't have time to like talk about it. We were going to. And this one is written by Tim Fuller. And basically, he takes four comics that are awesome from years and years and years ago that have had their copyright expire, and he just wrote new words and dialogue so that they are completely different from how they were originally intended to be uh, enjoyed but it's really funny and it's really fun it sort of feels like that mystery science theater 3000 take on comic books yeah trying a little bit to tell a new story but trying a lot to make fun of whatever the old story was um, kind of a mad magazine cracked sort of feel, but what this really reminds me of is a comic I really miss, which is Michael Cooperman's Tales Designed to Thrizzle. Even though he drew his own work and did all the writing, um, I think maybe what reminds me of that is what these comics both do with the ad section of the mm. comics, where they will do some of their best lampoonery you know, making fun of what an ad page in a comic book used to look like. That's true. It's fun. It's a, it's a good little romp and hopefully he will put out some more because I enjoyed that one. Now, Brennan, you read Count Crowley and Suicide Squad and how, how are those measuring up? Uh, Count Crowley is great. Um, I love the first series. This one is Count Crowley, Amateur Midnight Monster Hunter. Number two of four just came out. Um, and this one, at the end of issue one, she encounters a werewolf and is not sure what to do about it. And there's a vampire that might be on her tail to get some of her secrets. Um, artwork is brilliant. Um, if you don't like old school horror at all, uh, pick it up. It's really, really good. There's even this whole beginning of like how people are in abusive relationships and how maybe one person should let the other one go, even though they're a werewolf. Like really complex ideas. And then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, there's a vampire and stuff going on. You're right. Really, really good. Suicide Squad number 15. I was enjoying it because Ambush Bug was in it. I'm not going to lie. I haven't read the last few issues got behind. This one said it's the end of the road. But you know what? This is probably the most fun Suicide Squad comic I've read in the last five or six <laughs> issues. Um, I don't know why, but they go after Lex Luthor. So obviously he must have betrayed um, Amanda Waller somehow and their whole plot is to try to kidnap Lex Luthor. Uh, this was actually really really fun. It is the end. At the end it says the end um, but they're actually setting up something else that might be really really interesting and they're actually letting Ambush Bug use his teleportation powers in like really powerful cool ways. Um, he's the one that at the end of this issue basically helps defeat Luthor so this issue was fun. If they do more like this I think it'd be more enjoyable going on 
uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. Awesome. So that's kind of the scoop on comics this week. Um, Eight Billion Genies, um, number two just came out and I really enjoyed number one. So I haven't actually delved into the pile for, for that one yet, but the premise is kind of fun. It's every person on earth suddenly gets a genie with one wish and like imagine the havoc that that would cause. And it takes all place in this tavern and the bar owner, like as soon as they announce, hey, there's these genies, everybody gets a wish. He makes a wish that no matter what anybody else wishes, that nothing will change inside his bar. So if you made a wish, it's null and void when you walk in his bar. So, you know, pretty smart, pretty cool. But yeah, you know, somebody be like, yeah, I wanna be 40 feet tall. Somebody else would be like, I wanna be made out of like cash. So, you know, like people just like wish for stupid things and the world would just be chaos. So it, it riffs on that and it's pretty, pretty fun. It's Charles Sewell and he always has wacky, crazy adventures in all of his indie comics. So um, yeah, I'm excited to pick that one up and continue with that. And then- I, did pick uh, up, I picked up Spider-Punk number two. I didn't mind number one, so I thought I'd get two. The cover is amazing. The Taskmaster looks like a member of the Misfits is great. I haven't read it yet. I flipped through it though. I don't know, I'm a little bit hesitant. Part of me looks like I should love this comic, but it almost sometimes feel like it's trying too hard. You know, and that's what Suicide Squad ha happened before. It was like almost trying too hard. Like, let's do all these weird planets and things. And their last issue, basically they fight Lex Luthor in his building and it was the best one. So I haven't read it yet, but I'm a little cautious that it might be a little bit, yeah, flexing a little bit more than it, than it needs to. Okay, well, read it and then report on that next week. Uh, we've got a couple minutes left. So I just want to mention Barry just wrapped up so the season finale was sunday and it was really violent like it really went to a different place than previous episodes had gone yeah we've seen the show be violent before we've seen it be dark before but maybe not this dark if you don't know about barry it's kind of the brain trust of bill Hader and a really excellent cast that also includes henry winkler and uh, it's a it's a comedy that sometimes just forgets it's a comedy mm -hmm. and tries to be like a serious piece of dark filmmaking. But it's always got that kind of tongue in cheek, funny feel to it, too. Yeah, if you're like, I, I think Bill Hader's kind of like a th this is your chance to see what his mind is like when he gets the chance to break out on his own. Yeah, it's very good. It's very compelling. Been enjoying it all the way through. And it has been greenlit for another season. So it'd probably be the last season. And quite a little cliffhanger. It's going to bring our, our friends back together again as they were at the beginning. That's all I'm going to say because I don't want to have any spoilers because there's some pretty major plot points that happen in this episode. Yeah, we watched this week to week. And if you haven't seen Barry at all, I think this would be a really fun binge. Yeah, it would be good. Yeah, yeah really fun. So check that out. That's on HBO. And that wraps up another episode of Punch Radio. So you know where to find us here on Fridays on CFCR 90.5 FM. And in the meantime, keep your dukes up. Oh, 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 o